Welcome to Viewpoints, listeners. I'm your host, Henry Gross. It gives me great pleasure to welcome back to Viewpoints, Mark Carter, presenter, author, trainer, coach, uh, igniting human potential is the, the, the focus of much of Mark's work. He's been on TED Talk and he uh, presents all over the world. Welcome again to Viewpoints, I guess while you're in Australia for a moment, Mark. Thank you, Henry. It's awesome to be able to have another conversation with you. I always enjoy it. Uh, what's been going on since we last spoke? I know you're an extremely busy, in-demand person. You might like to give us a <laughs> thumbnail sketch of the last few months of your your life. Yeah, well, I've been looking forward to coming through to you, but I've been in, international and interstate mm. a lot. So, And I think the two big highlights, I, I did my biggest live event ever, which was about 3,000 people live, but with simultaneous translations of over 20 languages because half the audience were non-English speaking. So that was kind of cool. Mm. That was a really good experience. And, uh, and in the States as well, do a keynote in the States around AI and uh, the value of AI as it gets more proliferant in workplaces. So those have been pretty cool. Mm. And yourself? Oh, busy. You know, well, you know what schools are like. You know what the education system is I've been watching. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I admire, as you know, I admire the education space a lot, and there's a lot that's happening there, of course, that Absolutely. makes it more challenging. Yeah. So. And, of course, you're in the education space in a way yourself. What are you noticing going we, around the world? How are people? Because we can get rather parochial and caught up in our own little bubbles a little bit. Mm. Yeah, I look, I mean, the... There's some big topics. I always kind of update now on my site the top three trending themes, and one of them, of course, is this evolution of AI, mm-hmm. which is a constant evolution of technology and how will AI be used in education. I think that's one. But for education and like systems like your audience work in and, and uh, you know, the listeners that tune into this podcast work in, I would say a big one is the evolving space of inclusivity and diversity mm-hmm. within education. And the challenges that raises, I think, for educators and teachers to navigate that because it's a bit of a minefield and it makes what's already a challenging scenario more difficult, you know. Mm. How do you get across great curriculums um, amongst the the scenarios that are playing out? You know, I think that's another one that I see in education. Mm. Yes, uh, there's a lot of challenges out there, but life is always full of challenges. And look, one of the things that... um, I remember the first time I met you resonated with me. Um, a lot of where you are today and uh, the wisdom you impart and share with people, the experiences, goes back to um, your travel days. Uh, a, a quick completely. summary of that and then we'll have a look at what you've learned yeah, and completely. what you can talk about. Completely. So I did 10 years in travel in Europe, mostly with Kentucky, but with the parent group, the Travcourt group, uh, which included Trafalgar Insight, Bus About. And those 10 years, I didn't realize at the time, but it was really setting me up professionally for life in a way. I just didn't realize at the time. And mm. so much uh, of the lessons I took from that environment, I carry forward and they still have more relevance, even I'd say today, than back then. You know, the examples, the stories, the skills it gave me. So it's, it's a part of my life that was a really core cool part that's armed me very well. And you're still traveling, but it's in a different, uh, in, in a different, different sort of capacity. shape. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I still love the component of travel, but when you're leading groups, when you're a tour leader and leading groups, that's different than doing the, the sort of travel I do now. And yeah, you know, I still write, I get asked for itineraries from people in my circle, and I'm happy to give them tips on that, but more about things that are static, you know, the historical sites, the lesser known places or areas, but things like hotels to stay in, restaurants to go to. A lot of that may change, obviously, over yep. time, and it's too long. So I, I have my own travel manager as well now. 
Erin, mm. I'll give her a shout out because she's worth a <laughs> weight in gold to help me just from travel. But yeah, I, I love travel, but in a different way now. Absolutely. Do you have any particular, before we get on to some of the tips you can give us, do you, are there any particular places in the world um, that resonate a little more with your heart than others? Yeah, it's, I always get asked that, or I often get asked that because yep. of my background. And it depends, you know, where's my favourite places? There's so many of them for different reasons, but the first ones that spring to mind are Florence and Tuscany and Italy. It's just mm. I had a, an amazing year living there. Uh, I really like Paris. I know a lot of people yep. kind of put it down, but I think Paris is an amazing city. You know, I was fortunate yes. to live and work there for a year as well. And then the places like the Swiss Alps, the, you know, yes. into the Austrian Tyrol, stunning. Um, Prague and Budapest, I think, are absolute gems, you know. So when I think mm. Europe, those are the places that spring to mind. And then, um, yeah, there, there's, there's so many places, but I guess yes. that's the first ones that spring to mind. Yes, yes, there's so many places, and they all have different delights. Now, from all of your travels, um, there's a number of, and I think, I think when chatting with you, there's, a lot, but there are seven uh, seven particular lessons we that you that you you have messages for people on. Um, we'll start with uh, understanding people. What's travel done for you in that respect, and what can it yeah. do for us? Well, to me, all of my work is people, like whether it's leadership or culture, personal development, professional development, sales presentation skills. It's all linked by people and behaviour. Mm. All my content is. Because it's all people. You want to be a better leader, understand yourself, understand your people, and understand to get more ahead of them. Culture is about people. Different people come from different backgrounds and with different viewpoints. You know, So everything's people. So understanding people, to me, is really the crux. That's why behavioral sciences and human behavior is the un- underscores all my work. And I, and I guess I share a quick story sure. sometimes, um, which is my first ever tour as a tour leader. I had several people give feedback that was – along the same lines, not exactly, but along the same lines, which was Mark's a great guy, but he shows favoritism. And instead of saying, well, I don't, (laughs) which I don't, I I don't, but I asked myself a question, which is what what am I doing that makes people think I'm showing favoritism? And it was that I was gravitating on the long travel days of eight hours. I found myself gravitating to people that were more extroverted and talkative and outward going. And the quiet people, I would leave in peace. I did that because I didn't want to disrupt their equilibrium and break their, you know, solitude or whatever, but their interpretation with favoritism. And that, to me, that was just one example of, you know, when I went and did accreditations in behavioral Mm. science, after working in travel, I'd learned frameworks. And so when I did things like DISC and Myers-Briggs and, you know, EQ, it just gave me frameworks and languages around things I'd recognized for years and working in that space. So for me, everything's people. The more you can understand people, then the, the more success you're going to have with the better quality communication you're potentially going to have regardless of whether it's personally or professionally. It's all people. Mm. And the other thing too, and I've learned the same lesson in, in different ways, is that, um, okay, then you've also got to approach people in a different way. People might feel as though you're favouring others, but then you might have to approach the introverted person in a different way Completely. than you would with the extrovert or they'll think, you know, you're in their face. Absolutely. And that's, that's what that learning that being observant and learning those ideas is mm. to to learn how to communicate with them and how they like to. And then there's layers to people as well, like four layers, but mm. uh, it's all people in behavior. Absolutely. Problem solving, um, it almost stares you in the face. You must have, <laughs> you 
any any oh. number of new issues by the minute when you were doing the work you were doing those days. Oh, it's, it was. I mean, it, even the word oh, it just prompts so many scenarios popping up in my mind. You know, um, coach breakdowns, can't get over borders, ferries cancelled, losing people in the city. I mean, and then to significant problems. What what if? clients are killed on your tour uh. right so this what if was the biggest thing when i was training leaders it was i would say it's one of the greatest skills i try and work with them on is what if what if something happens as a leader what are you going to do and that's problem solving mm. you know so problem solving was just a skill that that environment inherently forces you to learn and become better at like to to be able to navigate your way through problems and come up with solutions. So problem solving, 100%, is a great, a great environment to learn that skill. And, and of course, the, the corollary to problem solving and, and, and the what if is, is paranoia. <laughs> Not to be so consumed by the what ifs, uh, we can all catastrophize, can't we? <laughs> oh, well, this is it. The, the, you know, on a separate kind of conversation google dr google isn't that you if you, if you start self-diagnosing yes. we end up like with the worst ailments on the planet because we so this catastrophe you know if we look at the catastrophic things can fold based on what it's not yet happened mm. that's casting is what i call that it's not yet happened it doesn't have to it's good to be aware of different paths that may unfold but we don't need to buy into them that's why just playing it out pause take stock work through What's the problem? Now let's flip to solution thinking and flipping that switch in our mind of where we want to put our focus is all important. Absolutely. It reminds me of some years ago, my, my dear father-in-law, who was, was rather old at the time, um, <laughs> told us we had to come to England in a hurry because he'd been looking up Dr. Google and he discovered that he had four varieties of cancer plus heart disease. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we said, well, if that's true, we won't make yeah. it in time. Thank goodness he had none of those conditions. But you're right about Dr. Google. Patience. Patience is something that in this fast-paced world we, we often struggle with, uh, Mark. Well, that's another one, patience. I mean, I, and if I look back, when I was younger, I definitely didn't have that as much. In, impatience and patience. In fact, impatience says I'm patience. So there's an opportunity within impatience to learn to tether our own mind, our own responses. So patience is definitely a skill that may be more natural to some people. And for me, it's something I've learned over time. And travel, I would say, arguably, was one of those environments that taught me that. Mm. Uh, you know, it teaches you many things, but it taught me patience because there's so many things that it's, uh, the, it was the Epictetus, the philosopher, that said it's not what happens that's important. It's how you choose to respond. And working and travel, so many things would happen that it, it, it happened. It's unfolded. I can't do anything about that. I've got to just respond to it. And patience was definitely part of the skill set that I learned through those years from mid-20s to mid-30s to become better at. And, so. you, and you would have learned that too in interactions with people. I know. Oh, that, now, for that's... sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Now even I'd say more so. And I, I am very patient. But then, you know, with patience as well, there's this, there comes a line. There's, yep. a, there's a fine line between patience and then knowing when you've got to have healthy respect, self-respect as well. Absolutely. You know, there's people I give a lot of, I'm very generous with at times, but then mm. you give time, you give energy, you give resource, you have quality. Uh, 
But when it becomes very one-sided, that's now beyond patience and generosity. It's like you've got to put some params in place, which is actually another one of those principles. We'll, Absolutely. We'll but uh, patience is definitely a great skill to have, and I, I, I can see how, for me, I've matured more with patience over mm, the years, mm, for sure. Yeah, and I, and I would say the same for myself and a lot of people around me. Travel would have to give you a better handle on perspective, wouldn't it? I mean, we can be so caught up in our own little worlds and our own little country bubbles, can't we? Yeah. I mean, we, patience was like sitting on borders for six hours and you're forced to, you have to do it. Well, perspective is the same because, you know, and I, I, there's so many examples when I come up with these words that, you know, it's, I love history. I love looking at mm. past. I love listening to other people's stories. I love finding out about culture I work in. But if I think about really in-your-face places like Auschwitz, I went to Auschwitz concentration yeah. camps several times, taking tour groups, and to read about such dire and the worth of humanity is one thing. To mm. go to these places and see it and feel the energy is something else altogether. And so that, that's a very strong example, right, mm. that really highlights you know the dark side of human behavior and understanding what people go through when they when they talk about and we see it playing out now again when people talk about you know racism and hatred and all the rest of it it's it's in your face travel puts those things in your face Mm -hmm. Um, and when you're traveling as a tour leader you know i'd have people from all over the world from asia from americas like north and south from all from europe from australia from new zealand all with completely different life experiences, all with differently, completely perspe- different perspectives. And sometimes they're sharing examples. I've not lived their life. You, you could stumble into a minefield because the meaning they give something is not what you intend. But their perspective around something is so vastly different. You know, um, I can remember a, a, an example I love sharing is mm. I worked tour travel when it was manual. You know, I'm on the drive to Amsterdam for the first time, first day on a hotel tour. I've got to phone the hotel from the road on the phone, write down room numbers and manually allocate it to a list. And there was times, I remember one instance especially, where by absolute random notices, different people, um, you know, from America being put in a single in a room because they're single people traveling together, but they thought I was putting them on a different floor in the hotel because of separation and segregation. And I... <laughs> And, it, you know, it was, it was really in my face. And when they saw the process, they completely got it. And I was like, wow, I, was, I, couldn't, I can't imagine what's that, what people have experienced in their life for them to think that things will automatically mean, mm. you know, that there's hatred or race on it. So, yeah, the, the travel scenario definitely taught me perspective. Um, perspective is a big one. And to really embrace different people's perspectives and to try and – put yourself in other people's shoes to understand their world without, and, and you know, it's, we all lead to <clears throat> opinions about things because we're doing it on base our life experiences. So it's learning to, that's okay. It's learning to not get a fixed mindset around that and to have civil discourse mm-hmm. and to have greater quality conversations to truly understand the perspective another person may have and why they have it, there'll be a reason. Mm-hmm. I think perspective is just, it's just something that I, I, I definitely think travel taught me really well, that mm-hmm. idea about perspective and so many things. Now, the next one, and they're all P's, people, problem-solving, patient, perspective, <laughs> the seven P's. 
Yeah, keep it nice. Okay, right? when, when I do a lot of that, it's like a 5C model for, you know, a talent development framework. It's kind of nice having a framework. So maybe I just did it on autopilot. I just thought about yeah, it. Yeah, you, you've done no. well. Well, the next P is, it's one that we're all very well aware of, but we're, too often we fail at punctuality. And you would have oh, found that word. on travelling. <laughs> and again, you know, I'm a flawed person at all. I'm a human. It's the act of being human. When I was younger, I was shocking sometimes. I would say, mm. oh, I'll turn up and that would be an hour late. And it's shocking, you know. Now, mm. now I don't do that. But on tours, I remember, because on tours especially, people would think, well, if I'm just five minutes late, it doesn't matter. So part of my first day talk was, okay, if everybody agrees right now they want to be five minutes late each city, let's just agree to wipe a city off the tour. Because <laughs> when you add up five minutes, from 50 people over the course of a yes. tour, that equates to an entire day lost. Yes. So which city don't we go to? Shall we just miss Paris or should we not go to Rome? Which Ooh. one? And Ooh. then we can all be five minutes late, you know? Or in its respect, or, you know, if you're on a tour, yes. if you're going to be late, you, you don't think about it, but we've got tight restrictions. Drivers yes. have people driving hours and we allow buffers, but those buffers got so much, we just can't, there's certain things. It's just, and it's a respect, you know, when you're on tour, you're not thinking about one person, you're thinking about 50. So, uh, you know, punctuality was, it was something I learned again on, on that environment. I can relate to it so well, but it's certainly something as I grow older personally, you know, my time is now more important than ever. I find as I get older, I really value it. Mm. And so I, I, I make sure, and I respect other people's. If I'm going to be, if my tour as a keynote, if it's an hour, it's going to be an hour. I'm not going to take the Mickey and try and steal an hour and a half of your time, you know, mm. it, it, so punctuality, stick to time, stick to timings and meetings. When we have meetings, that people did given up their most valuable resource, Which something they never get back. So let's respect it. Let's respect each other's time. So punctuality is something I learned in that environment for sure. Uh, the next one, this is an interesting one, personal boundaries. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so anybody who works in tourism as a tour leader would relate when I use the expression a first day talk because the most important talk running a tour was your first day talk. You, you're bonding 50 people. And, and I learned that on that, there was many things you've got to cover to set the, the kind of scene for the tour working well. But for me, I learned three rules, and I would start that first day talk with these three kind of rules, if you like, which were personal boundaries. And, and without going into the story of what they are, they stood out and people would really get on board with them and then they'd listen to the other stuff. But that, that to me is again, where I learned by setting those boundaries, yep. that's not a, a negative or a positive. Some people hear the idea of boundaries. They want to reframe it into a different word, whatever. It's not a good or a bad thing. It's just to give context. Yep. By having some sort of personal boundaries, it gives people an idea of how to deal with me and how to work yes. with me, you know, um, because there are, we've all got aspects in our world that are kind of non-negotiable, it's not okay, you know, so it's good to call them out. Absolutely. And but rather than, rather than, and Ghostin's the classic, right, rather than Ghostin stuff, like talk to people first, tell them if they've done something upset, you talk to them first or whatever, if they're important connection. Um, and then if they cross, if they keep crossing those boundaries, cool. But, you know, so to me, understanding, communicating those personal boundaries is, is kind of important. We all do it to some degree. It's just knowing what, what are they and am I letting people know that. But again, it's something I can relate to when you ask me about, you know, lessons from travel. That was one, that first day taught those three rules that seem to work really well. And it's certainly yeah. something I take into businesses, but that's something I use personally as well. 
Now, that was while we're in the... Uh, I was thinking while you were talking and listening at the same time. I can do two things at once, Mark. While you were speaking, I was uh, thinking of... Uh, we're coming up to the last of them. Um, but uh, personal boundaries in the, in the, in the flavour of peas. Well, we've just done the penultimate tip. We're now coming... <laughs> To the final tip, presentation tips. That's uh, at the end of the day. What did you learn in that regard? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean that's what I do right now. I mean, I and people tell me I, I'm a storyteller, I'm a presenter, as a keynote speaker, I'm a presenter, I'm a storyteller. Travel taught me that as a tour leader. You know, every day you're doing a ha- you're doing half a dozen talks. Every city you're doing a city tour, and it's polished and professional. Every country you're doing a history tour, a geographical tour. Um, you know, you're doing city orientations, you're doing entertainment. And so, so every travel day, you're, you're doing these presentations. And so that environment was the starting ground for me to learn some basics of presentation skills for sure that I've obviously now expanded on mm. since then. But, uh, you know, working and travel really gave me the basis of some core principles around presentation skills, the use of voice, body language, constructing the design of a presentation, delivery of how to deliver that, storytelling, archetypal themes of storytelling, you know. So that environment, I'm super grateful because, again, it set me up, um, you know, multiple talks every day. You're presenting multiple times every day that it just becomes a – it's like anything. It's a skill then you might be – some people may be better at than others, but it's a skill – that can be enhanced, for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Time's on the wing as always, Mark. Um, you would never have guessed, would you, when you were a tour leader, guide in Europe all those years ago, that uh, one of the things that would lead to would be doing a podcast with Henry Grossack here on <laughs> Viewpoints in Australia. That never would have crossed your mind. <laughs> My good fortune, Henry. My good fortune meeting you. Well, I met you doing a keynote and event. So my good fortune, yes, that all those that's so true. It's yeah, it opens up so many doors. And, sure. and, I'm very grateful for that. And I'm very grateful for your time and uh, your invite as ever. And I'll look forward to doing the next one in uh, in person. In the so. new year, yes. And that one will be on culture, which is a terrific one. Look, Mark, as always, thank you for, for another great uh, time with us. It's uh, There's so many good tips there. Travelling doesn't just have to be about consumption. It can be about learning and applying that as you've done so marvellously well in your life. And um, we will catch up soon. Thank you so much, Henry. Thanks very much. That was Mark Carter, presenter, author, trainer, coach, uh, igniting human potential, an international presenter, and it's uh, it's an honour and a pleasure to have Mark with us. Yes, the next time you go on a trip, listeners, there's more to a trip than just enjoying the trip. You, It'll have an impact on you in so many ways.